What's up, y'all? And welcome to Tales from the Band Room podcast. I'm Dr. Jack Eady, a 19-year educator, and I've built strong programs in urban schools. I'm so proud of what we were able to accomplish in spite of the obstacles many of my students face, and I want to share my story to help others face in similar situations. I created this podcast to share tools and strategies I've learned during my career. Each week, the episodes will be real, raw, with a touch of crazy, but it's what I use to motivate and get the best out of my students. Thanks for listening. Now let's go. Welcome to episode one, guys. I am so excited about this podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's crazy. I I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I am glad to just be jumping in. And I hope you guys have a wonderful experience with the podcast. So I figured I'd start this podcast with the who and the why. I'll start with the who so you can know a little bit about my life and my life experiences. Then we'll talk about my why, which is helping people. I want to use this podcast to help others in similar situations that I've been in. So who am I? I am from Orangeburg, South Carolina, which is a small town outside of Columbia, South Carolina. Not a a huge population. I am the middle child of three children. My mom was an elementary educator and my father uh, was a band director. And so I kind of grew up in life knowing I was going to be one, a teacher, and uh music was just thrust upon me. Unfortunately, my, my father passed at a, at a young age, but I still had that passion for music uh, in my life. He was a revered band director in, in the state of South Carolina. So fast forwarding to now, I have my beautiful queen, who I've been married to for 14 years. You'll hear me talk about my queen a lot. I am super proud of her. She is a public relations professor at Southern Methodist University here in Dallas, Texas, and she is all that, and she is doing some really, really great things, and definitely honored to be her husband because she is my better half. And we have two wonderful daughters, my princess and my angel. My princess is 11-year-old. She's the artist of the family. She does some really, really great art things, and she just uh, started taking up sex. She started in April because of the pandemic, and it's just crazy to see how far she's come and grown in these few months. Uh, So I'm super, super proud of her with that, and it's also interesting being being a band dad, but it's cool. It's cool at the same time, so shout out to all those band director band dads out there. Uh, we also have our angel, who's a seven-year-old. She is, she is the dancer. She is the gymnast. She loves to sing all the time, and she talks and talks and talks and talks some more. It's interesting to see these kids grow up and develop into to young women. Like my oldest, I don't want to see her grow up. Um, and the youngest... Um, it's, it's, it's cool to see her mature and, you know, following her sister's footsteps, but not following her, her uh, sister's footsteps. 
So now that you know about my my family, uh, just going to go back and talk uh, just a little bit about my schooling and uh, growing up. As far as my, you know, the the musical background in middle school, I was one of those people who took. Oh, I'm a saxophone player. Shout out to all the saxophone players in the world. You can't have a great band without a great saxophone section. Yes, I said it. Get over it. I started being in fifth grade, and I was one of those kids that took to the instrument really, really fast and got promoted really, really fast and just had someone nurture and cater to, to my musical needs at a early, uh, early age. And so it, it was... It was cool to see the relationship between the feeder middle school director and the high school director uh, from the beginning. It was just such a good relationship. So had a great middle school, did a lot, a lot of great things, went, went on some cool trips. Uh, Daddy Reed was the, the middle school school band director, and he, he really focused on us playing with good sound and good technique, and there were a lot of great players. Then I went to Orangeburg Wilkinson High School, and I'm super, super proud of my school and my alma mater. We, we were a high school of about maybe 2,500 kids, um, big or small, depending on where, on, on where you're at. But the cool thing is it was a predominantly black high school, and the high school, we, we were core style. It was just cool to be in in this this band program and we were so well respected around the state because of our our uh, band director uh dwight dwight mcmillan and you know i still still remember you know he was a disciplinarian but he loved us i think it's kind of the the person i became we're, we're always that that person who who becomes becomes your band director he would have us play challenging music he would he would make us go beyond what we we thought we could accomplish he you know inspired us to audition for you know all region and all state and all these things and just really pushed me uh to become the musician i am today when it was time to choose colleges i was like i am not going to college in the state of south carolina ever like ever 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 i still remember telling my mom I am never living in South Carolina. You can not even have to worry about that anymore. So uh, talking to my band director, he, he encouraged me to go to Florida State. Go Knowles. I'm a big Knowles football fan um, as well. Um, and so I went to Florida State and just had five wonderful years, learned so much. Uh, I am so appreciative of all the life lessons and um, musical experiences I had while at Florida State. While I was at Florida State, uh, you know, the football team won so so much. It was the end of Bobby Bowden's dominance, and so we got to go to some cool bowl games and lots of national championships, and it was just just a great experience. And I cherish the, the time and. Um, the people there, because at, at FSU, and I'm sure it's like this at a lot of colleges, the professors really took you under your wing and and really said, "Hey, let's do this." And in under in undergrad, I needed all the Jesus I could get because I was not necessarily as focused as I as I should be. 
but I'm, I'm appreciative for the ensembles there, the teachers and what they did for me, and just, I, and I am just happy that it set me up for my experience um, as well. I was one of those people who I was like, after college, I am going to intern, graduate, and I'm going to Atlanta to teach um, and, and do my thing in Atlanta. But I interned at Timber Creek High School in Orlando, wonderful high school. Uh, it was in, in its second year, so it was like brand new everything. The d- directors there were just phenomenal and just master teachers. And I learned so much about organization and being a musician and having a well-oiled machine and making things happen. This segment is called Beyond the Practice Room. It's something that's not music related that I wanted to share. And of course, the first one I'm gonna talk about is my Miami Dolphins. If you don't know, we're one of the best teams in the NFL and we're taking the league by storm. You better be aware of Tua and everything the Dolphins come. I'm a big, humongous Miami Dolphins fan and they're putting a hurting on the league. So if you are a 49ers fan, a uh, Rams fan, a Cardinals fan, you know, anybody from the NFL West, sorry for you. Go Fins, Fins up. And so from there, um, like you, you'll learn as we continue talking, I've, I've been uh, a blessed man a lot in my life. And my, my faith is, is a big part of my life. So I go to my first interview. Um, it's at West Ridge Middle School in Orlando. And I go and I sit in. I, you know, you get all dressed up and you're ready to go. And you're ready for this interview. The principal looks at me and says, I'm just letting you know you're taking this job and I'm going to show you to your band room. And I was like, okay, thank you. And so, you know, I I graduated in in December, so this was a middle of the year thing. And I come into this program and I was the fifth band director um, at this program in December. So you can imagine the, the kind of program it is. And so I taught the middle school for three years. I'm a fast forward talking about the, the school, and then I'll come back and I'll spend a little chunk on, on each school. Um, I spent three years there at, at Westridge Middle School, and it was a blast. And from there, I went to the feeder high school. And so in my second year, the principal kind of asked me, hey, you need to come be the band director here. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I promised my kids I'd be here the third year. I wish I'd have went, but... It was good. So when I go to the high school, um, it, it was kind of the same thing. She was like, well, you're going to be our band director. Let's get to work. And so I spent nine wonderful years at Oak Ridge High School. Um, and we we just we built a wonderful, well-respected uh, program in the state. And so from there, um, I went to Midwest for the first time. If you're a person who's never been to Midwest, I really suggest you go because you learn you learn so much and you see that band is just bigger than than your your area or where you are. And so I went to Midwest for the first time and I was like, oh my God, this is there's so much more um, to this band world. So 
I decided to to go back to grad school. Now, the funny thing is, my wife had been telling me for years, you need to go back to grad school, you need to go back to grad school, but at the same time, she would always say, oh, you're going to die on the podium at Oak Ridge High School one day, and that's what I thought I was going to do. I never, ever wanted to go to grad school. And I go to Midwest, and all of a sudden, I get this bug and this itch to go to grad school. So my wife picked me up, picks me up from the airport, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go to grad school. And so at the time, she was looking for, for uh, PhD programs, and I was like, and I was like, well, if you're going to look for a PhD, you got to stay in Orlando and we got to figure it out. It's crazy how within a week, my total mindset changed. So from there, I got my uh, master's degree uh, in conducting from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. And from there, I went to the University of North Texas um, and studied with Eugene Corcoran, Go Mean Green and uh, just th- those are just two blessed, blessed experiences to work with top ensembles from around the nation and just wonderful teachers who are mentors to this day. From then, I've, I've, I've had the blessing of, of working at the University of South Carolina and McNeese State University, and it's just great to be on the other side teaching college. So you can encourage and inspire students on a broader scale so they can then touch more and more kids. That's kind of a little bit about me. I'll go a little more in depth about my school experiences and give you a, a more broader approach to that. I guess that means it's time to go ban. This segment talks about something I'm listening to that you should check out or something exceptional happening in the band world. Today we're talking about Kataj Copley. If you don't know him, he's a young up-and-coming composer with a unique voice. He's written over 25 works for band and at different great levels. One piece I'd like for you to check out in particular is Hurry. It's just nice, great three work that can be achievable by younger bands. It's very, very interesting for the kids and they'll really, really love it. So check out Kataj Copley's Hurry and you can check him out at katajkopleymusic.com. If you have a go band you'd like me to shout out, tag bandroomtales on Twitter or email me at bandroomtales at gmail.com. So with my teaching experience, I've always wanted and dreamed of going to a program that did not have much um, so that we could grow and build the program together. Uh, that's just all, always been my thing. I, I didn't want to go to a program that had everything. I wanted to have a program that I had to roll my sleeves up and get to work and we could all build a program and impact the kids in that program. I am, I am all about the students and, and building those relationships so I can help students uh, have a better life. So going back to my first gig, uh, Westridge Middle School in, in Orlando, Florida, I still remember the first day I walk in into the door and, you know, I see these kids and they were running the band. So I wasn't going to tell them anything. Uh, so I had to come in and I had to be super, super militant. I still remember going into the band room and opening a practice room and instruments just falling down. 
or opening opening another practice room and just sheets of music were just thrown everywhere. So we had to, you know, have like music put together parties and we just have the band room cover up with music so we can kind of organize and make things right. So the first thing I noticed is when I came in, there's just no discipline. There's no organization um, and the kids didn't care. And so one, I had to get them to care. The first thing I had to do was build relationships. And I, I still believe that to this day. You can't do anything with students until you build a relationship with them. If they know you care about them, they'll do anything for you. So I believe us as educators, our first priority needs to be to one, build relationships with the students. And you know, you can do that in any kind of way. Like in, in my experience, I was like, okay, I, I like to play football, I like to play basketball, I like to play play uh, online games. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're playing football after school, we're playing basketball after school, and then we build those relationships. I cracked jokes, I did anything I could. You know, okay, y'all like to watch movies, we're having a movie in the band room, let's do this. So anything that I could do to build those relationships. And then once I had those relationships, I also had to be very, very disciplined with those kids. They called me the dictator, and they used to call me bipolar. Because at one moment, I was yelling and screaming and getting on them, no, you're not going to do this. And at the other moment, I was, you know, cracking jokes. I'm a big fan of your mama jokes. And I love to do those with my students. I still remember we, we would have rehearsals before school, rehearsals after school, anything to get the kids playing. And a lot of the students didn't have rides. So I created the Edie bus. Now, this is something I could do at my school check in your situation. And the ED bus was just, I would go around and I would pick up kids. And I was like, oh, well, we didn't have dinner. All right, let me go get some five, $5 pepperoni pieces from Little Caesars. And we're gonna, we're gonna eat pizza and we're gonna learn scales. We're gonna learn this music. We're gonna make you, make you better. So the ED bus was kind of what saved the program. Um, and that was able to happen because of relationships I had with the students. So once we establish relationships, focus on discipline, then we could do the whole music thing. That was kind of the last thing we can do. We had to get some organization in the program, and then we can go. I'm going to talk about broad strokes with the program now. We'll get more in depth as we get into the podcast. And I was so proud of the kids because after that, you know, that first semester, they worked super hard. I had to tell them, I'm like, listen, y'all can't read, even though you think you can, you can't do this, you can't do this, so we're just gonna start over. So we all are gonna start in the red book, and if you're a good reader, you're gonna take it up an octave, but we're all gonna do this, and we're gonna establish what works at West Ridge Middle School, and establish fundamentals and good technique. And so I was so, so proud of them, they got a superior that year, it was just good to see their lives affected because of this. By the time I left, we had just such outstanding players. There are players all in the all-county band. Um, there were players going to, in Orlando, they have this kind of funky setup where you don't just go to one high school. Like, I fed into seven high schools. 
So there are players going to different programs, and they were they were they were like impact players going into the into those programs. So I was super proud of of the work that we've done. So we like I said later in the podcast, we'll get into like how we did scales and how we did this and this and how we kind of motivated them. So then I move on to Oak Ridge High School, and a friend of mine always tells this funny story. He applied for the school. And at his interview, I, you know, it was band camp and I show up uh, to the interview to kind of be on the panel. And the principal asked me to take him um, and check out the band. And I go and I show him the band program and it's, it's the heart of band camp. And I go there and he's looking around. He's like, oh, the kids must be on break. When's the rest of the band get here? And I'm like, ha ha, this is the band. And so... The band program, we started with 13 kids. We were blessed to just grow it into, into a wonderful uh, program. Now, those 13 kids, they had so much heart, and they really established the culture of my program even years down the line. So um, I go to the high school. Um, it was very, very cool because I taught a lot of those same kids, and the kids I brought with me, so I had a, I had a few six- and seven-year kids, and that kind of made the transition um, easier. Again, I go to this high school. Number one thing, focus on relationships. Nothing else matters. That, that relationship and discipline thing ties in together. Once you have all that, you can, you can teach musicianship. You can teach any kind of thing uh, you want your students to have. I'm super proud of my time at Oak Ridge not just because of the growth, just because of what we did with the program uh, that we had. I was very methodical about my approach to teaching at Oak Ridge. I knew I planned to be there a long time because Oak Ridge was, was my dream school, and I know I was going to make it into um, a, a kingdom in one day. So I, I really took things slow, um, just like I did at Westridge you know, we kind of started everyone back in the standard of excellence book. And I'm like, okay, you're a great player. You play this stuff and you play it up an octave or you double tongue. You double tongue number 12 while we are, everyone else is playing. And it, it was interesting because a lot of them thought they were just the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but you don't really know how good of a player you are until you get out of your school. And and I was like, well, you know, we're not as good as we think we are. Let's just, you know, let's keep doing this and keep doing this. So for me, the relationship is key. I still have relationships with a lot of those kids. I'm very proud of the young men and women that they became. And so, like I said, I, I took the long road and I took it in, in, in phases. So the first phase was we're going to focus on musicianship and only musicianship. I don't care about marching. I don't care about how the show, you know, the show design. We're just going to focus on music and we're going to build musicians. So everything we did from rehearsals to everything was just focusing on music. music. Then when we became, like when we became an A student musically at, in, in the program as a whole, I said, okay, now we can focus on visual. Now music was still a big component, but we added that. Now we, we, we took more time you know, working on the visual, 
um, in, into the program. And then same thing with, with, with everything else. But the, the music was always number one. I always made, made every student audition for all state and all county. Uh, every student had to participate in a solo ensemble. Now, did some of those students have any business auditioning? No. But for me, it was the experience. I think my program grew the most uh, with my kids just sitting in the cafeteria at all state or all county auditions and solo ensemble and just seeing students like them play the way they did. And it was cool to, you know, the first couple of years, I'm like, man, those kids are amazing to, you know, wow, those kids are just okay. Or then it ended up, I'm better than those kids. Or in, and so it took them getting that experience to get themselves, get themselves out of their heads to see that they're just kids as well. And if they had practice and put in the effort, they would grow that well, so grow as well. So I, I think just having my kids go to those things and be exposed to those other musicians, it took my program uh, to another level. And so one other big thing that I am a big proponent of is taking trips. I think your program grows, uh, it becomes more mature, and the relationships of the, of the students and, and the staff grows exponentially. You're on a long bus ride and you see the, the different side of them um, and they see a different side of you. I think the relationships just continue to build. In high school, I got the opportunity to go to Mardi Gras, um, Bahamas twice, um, and Orlando. And so those experiences showed me that there was so much more than Orangeburg, South Carolina. And for me, I wanted to do the same thing for my students. So we, you know, we, we took calculated trips. We took a trip in the fall where we went to like either Miami or Savannah, something kind of close. Uh, for a weekend, and then we took a big trip where we go to like San Antonio or St. Louis or New York, and so that way it exposed the kids to to different different kind of life. We would go to the FSU Band Day every year, and it would always be so cool and interesting and strange all at the same time when you see some of these freshmen who had never seen real life cows before, and they they couldn't believe that that was a real thing. And so, but when you get kids off of their block or just the things that they only know, they can grow and they can see more life and then they, their life can take a different uh, approach. We'll continue talking about my, my career and, and things that I've done to kind of help build my program and turn it around to what it became. I'm going to play a little snippet of my last concert so you can hear how far we've grown.
Man, I miss those kids. Now, I want to point out, we did not start like that. You know, we started from in the standard Bexton book, making sure everyone could could play and read music together. And we built that uh, we built that sound and technique into our program. Well, it's story time. In this segment, we'll talk about some of the most interesting and crazy stories that has happened to me in my career. From fitting too many people in my car to having my band students perform a football game after a football game, you don't want to miss this segment. Well, today's story time brings me back to my first year of teaching. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was this young guy who had come into the situation where, like I said earlier, I was the fifth band director that year, and I was just doing anything I could to build relationships with the kids. So one day we had the Saturday rehearsal. I was like, yeah, I'm going to grill, and we're just going to have fun playing basketball and football and just do all, all these kind of things to, to build a relationship with, with myself and the students. So we had a great rehearsal, and the kids were just, they were super hyped. And so we, we had this fun and games thing. And so while, while everyone's having fun and games, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to barbecue and barbecue for the kids and just have, have the best time in the world. So we barbecue and it was good, of course, you know, Chef Jack on the grill. But at the end, I'm like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, hang out and, and wait and do some stuff, get, you know, make, make sure everything is going well. And so I'm like, man, I gotta get rid of these coals. And I'm like, hmm, what can I do to get rid of these coals? So my smart self, I go to the big dumpster behind the school and I dump hot coals into the big dumpster. And so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, good, you know, this is over. Everything is, everything is good to go. And then all of a sudden, flames are everywhere. The trash cans burning up. It's smoke all, like it's, it's like, you know, smog. In, in a big city and I found out as the firemen um, showed up and are trying to handle the situation and me I'm like oh let me try to keep this under wraps because you know you're first your teacher and you're doing something stupid and then the assistant superintendent uh, just happened to be driving by so I'm like yep I am definitely going to be fired but he came and he's like he just like I'm just checking to make sure everything's okay so the kid's good he said, I didn't see, I didn't see nothing, nothing happened, have a great day. So uh, that's one of many blessings that has happened to me over my career. But that was just, just such a hilarious story. If you have your own crazy story you'd like to share, tag us on Twitter or Facebook at bandroomtales, or you can email us at bandroomtales at gmail.com. So that's a little snippet into my teaching career. So now we're just going to go focus on the why. The reason I'm doing this is one, I just really want to help people. And I am passionate about helping teachers who were in similar situations to mine. I believe my stories, whether really funny or really out of the box, uh, can be really helpful for teachers. And I want to share them with you guys. And a lot of people have invested in me and I want to do the same.
I've always wanted to do the podcast, but I've never taken the time to do it. And I was just talking with a friend recently, and I told him a story about my career and some of the things I did. And it was helpful to him, and I was like, man, this might be helpful to someone else. And so this is part of why um, it kind of got me on the ball with doing it. And I just want to share my experiences because I know teaching in in urban situations has its own challenges that come with it. And hopefully something that I've done can help you uh, in your experience. And one thing about this urban title is, one, I... I didn't want to say it was it's a Title One podcast because I really hate the Title One moniker, uh, or and I really despise the whole inner inner city school thing because it, a lot of times it comes with a uh, negative connotation. Uh, so that's why I went with the urban urban schools. Uh, one funny story about urban schools in Orlando: there are three black schools basically, and so someone in the district office got the bright idea to put all the three schools in one urban cohort. And so they took us out of our own little regional districts and they placed us all in one thing and it, it, it just, it didn't work out. Um, so random story, but yeah, that's my why. I want this to be a help to you. And if there's anything I can do, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at bandroomtales at gmail.com. Today's fun fact is brought to you by my boy, Danny Glover, who is a middle school band director in Metro Atlanta. Today, I want to share with you guys this app called Scale Junkie. If you don't know anything about Scale Junkie, just download it and play, play with it. The creators of this app goes to the major, minor, and pentatonic scales and puts catchy beats behind it. So you and your students can just plug it in, play it, and it plays this beat and it just makes it makes learning scales a fun experience for your students. So check out Scale Junkie. It's on Android and Apple Markets. Thanks so much for listening to the first ever episode of Tales from the Band Room. I hope you enjoyed it. Today's episode focused on the who and the what, and we talked about why I wanted to do this podcast. I also talked about my focus on building relationships with my kids and how that helped my program uh, succeed. And in our next episode, we're going to focus on not complaining about your situation and making the best out of any circumstance you have. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tales from the Band Room. Check us out on all social media at Band Room Tales, or you can email your questions or comments to bandroomtales at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe to our daddy's podcast and leave a review. You can find more about this podcast at talesfromthebandroom.com. Music by my Phi Beta Sigma line brother, Jason Classic Beats Menace. Go mob. Thanks for listening. Make it a great day or not. The choice is yours.